0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Verses 1 through 7 is where we're going to be. Again, I want to go back there this morning and kind of finish up uh, the thoughts that we began last week as we are continuing in our Empowered series. Uh, a series text, 1 Thessalonians 1 5, our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. Last week I began preaching to you empowered to possess and we have been talking about our journey uh, in the church using the story of the journey of the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage through, somebody say through, through the wilderness, (laughs) not in the wilderness, through the wilderness to the promised land. And I believe that today, we really, if we put ourselves in the context of the Scripture, we are at the edge of the promised land, this side of the Jordan River. And the word of the Lord to this church is the same word of the Lord to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 11. Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. This is our city, These are our people. These are our families and our sons and daughters, our wives and our husbands. You've been prepared for this moment. Every battle, every struggle, every test of faith that you've gone through in your life was preparatory for what God is about to do in you and through you and for you. Somebody say amen. I say God has been seasoning you and setting you up for such a season as this. They said it this morning, but it's also in my notes. What you thought was a season back all along was a setup that God was getting you ready for something new and better for your life. I'm talking to the real church this morning. I'm talking to people that are sold out, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and on the search for a Savior this morning. I said, are you in the room today? Is there anybody in the room today that fits that bill? I said, I'm dealing with a group of people that are battle-hardened, prayer-prepared, and spirit-soaked this morning. Tempered, tested, tried. And true. Let me switch mics. (laughs) We don't want interference when the pastor gets going here. How's that? April said, it's better when you hold a handheld mic anyway... Controls so much of your hand movements. (laughs) I said, all right. I said, all right, but then I put the lapel back on. (laughs) Tempered, tested, tried and true. A people that are no longer wilderness warriors is who I'm talking to this morning, but rather it's a gathering of promised land possessors in the house. That's who I'm speaking to today. That's who I'm trying to communicate with today. And I just wonder if there's anybody like that in the room this morning. I just believe that there's a, amen, come on. I believe there is a rustling in the camp. I believe that the wind that was in our face is now at our back, somebody. There's not a better passage that we're going to find in the scripture that captures the context, I believe, of this church and its assignment more than Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And so this morning, I want to finish preaching, Empowered to Possess. You pray with me. Father, I thank you for the anointing in this room. Lord, we set aside everything that would hinder us, everything that would take away our focus. And for the next few minutes, we zero in on the promise of God. We zero in on the Word of God. We zero in on, Lord, what you have promised us to possess. Lord, that you have given us something that, Lord, we have within our power to grab hold of. And today I ask that, Lord, your anointing would be upon me. It would be upon the ears of everybody listening in this place, God. Let us grab hold and take hold of what you have promised us this morning. And live it in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we looked at verse 1 and 2. Joshua 1 and 1 says, After the death of, the Mo- of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Last week I preached to you are three points. Let go, move on, and move in. Let go, move on, and move in. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, let go, move on, and move in this morning. Amen. Today I want to zero in on the moving in part. The moving in part. And that's really what the remainder of this passage is talking about. Moving in to what God has given us. Joshua chapter 1 verse 3 says, every place... That the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. The first point I want to make today is seeing it is not seizing it. Seeing it is not seizing it. Joshua 1 and 3 says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread. That's the caveat to the promise. He says, look, I've given you a promise, but if you want the promise, here's the way it's obtained. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, that's what I'm going to give you. You don't go there. You don't get that. you got to go to where I'm taking you. You've got to go to where I've promised you. And as you move into what I've given you, that's when possession takes place. That's when you start to own it. That's when you start to realize it. That's when you start to see it in your life. There's a difference, church, between seeing the promise and possessing the promise. There's a difference between knowing the word of God and experiencing the word of God. There's a difference between knowing what God has to say to me and living that out on a daily basis. There's a lot of people that can quote the word. There's a lot of people that know what God said to them. There's a lot of people that have been able to see what God's trying to do in their life. That's good and that's great. That's step one. But let me tell you, if you ever want to live it, then you got to move into it. You've got to go past just seeing it and you got to start to seize it and grab hold of it. The real work starts when you step into the promise of God. I said the real work starts when you step into the promise of God. Our mindset is, the way we think is, and everybody's guilty of this. Every one of us are guilty of this. Our mindset is that once we reach the promise, we just sit back and enjoy the promise. We see it as a finished work. We don't see it as a beginning of what God is really trying to do in us. But here's the deal, reaching the promise is not possession of the promise. Reaching the borderline of the promised land is not the end. That is the beginning of the journey. Yes, it may close out a former phase of life, but it only begins a new chapter of life. Now I've come this far. God's conditioned me. God's changed me. God's seasoned me. God's set me up. And now I'm standing at a place where I have the wherewithal, the mechanisms, the faculties, the skill set to now step into what God has promised me and actually grab hold of it and make it my own that's what we're talking about this morning the promise of God has to be fought for and it has to be defended against there are giants in the land somebody now food now food doesn't just fall on the ground it has to be cultivated you have to fend off invasion it's about living in it cultivating developing it growing it Establishing, grabbing hold, seizing. This promised land possessing requires a new level of vigilance. Nehemiah building the wall is a great example of this. Nehemiah sees things have been broken down. People have been living this way for years, they've been living in rubble for years. They've been living in this way for years. The wall had, around Jerusalem had been messed up for many, many years. Nehemiah gets a burden for change. Nehemiah gets a vision for change. And then Nehemiah doesn't just stop with a good picture of what God could possibly do. No, no, no. He goes and gathers resources. He goes and gets some people alongside him. And he goes back and he actually puts his hand to the wall and he starts building that wall. The Bible tells us that they had to stand with a uh, a tool in one hand and a a weapon in the other, and they were ready to build and ready to fight at the same time. Prom- promised land possession requires vigilance. It requires people that are willing to put their hand to the work, but also at the same time take the sword of the Spirit and say, not on my watch enemy. You're not bringing that junk into my house. I'm building a city for God. I'm building a wall for God. I'm surrounding my family with prayer. I'm surrounding my family with promises of God, and I'm not giving it up for anybody or anything. Possessing doesn't mean just seeing the promise. It means seizing the promise, securing the promise. And listen to this, settling, settling in the promise. You know, they went into the promised land and they had to start building their own houses They had to start building their own vineyards and their own gardens. They had to start raising their own flocks and they had to start providing for themselves. They had to start working. God was there with them and God was blessing the work of their hand. What does the Bible tell us? That everything you put your hand to will prosper. So there's a work on our side. Morgan alluded to it this morning. We had it in prayer, a word of God that came in prayer. You know, we think let go and let God. Yeah, that's true of the past. But when we step into the promise, God says, I don't want you to let go and let me. I'm inviting you to be a part of that. Promise requires partnership with God. Not just him doing it, but me doing it along with him. He's in me and I'm in him and together we're putting our hands to the plow and we're making this thing work. We have to tread the ground, the Bible says. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Tread the ground. Possessing the land starts with treading the ground. It's putting boots on the ground, somebody. It's walking throughout what God has said is yours. Amen. Let me give you an example. I can't I can't pray that God would change the atmosphere of my work environment and then go to my cubicle and hide out because I'm afraid of dealing with the people that are at my work. God says tread the ground. You've got to get out and you've got to walk among it. I've got to get out there and say, oh, no, this is not going to be a place of, of sin. This is not going to be a place of just... Uh, terrible behavior. This is not going to be a place where where things are said that are contrary to the word of God. No, I'm walking in this. I'm owning this. This is my land. I'm treading the ground and I'm taking hold of what God has for me. We hide out hoping God will fix it all. And God says, don't hide out, get out there and tread the ground, walk in it, own it, establish it. What has God said to us? It's walking throughout what God has said is ours. So what has God said to us? God said, I have given this city into your hands. I'm not letting it go. He said, I will cause the ground to rise up and meet your feet. Those are the words of the Lord to this church. What has God said to you personally? What has God said to you in your own life? What has God established for you that you need to take hold of? What has God said to you? Now go seize it. Now go seize it. Go seize it. Every place you put your foot, the word of God says, it implies going. You see the implications of the verse. It implies going. This is the reality of the verse. Here that you are salt. You are the salt of the earth. And God has salted like a salt shaker. He has sprinkled you over your community. He has sprinkled you over your job. He has sprinkled you over your family. He has dispersed you evenly across the place. Why? Why would God do that? I'll tell you why God does that. Because where you are right now is where God wants to be, somebody. I said where you're at right now is where God's trying to get. And he's waiting for you to be the mechanism of delivery for his kingdom to come into that arena into that place and so God has divinely strategically placed you where you are today so that you can make a way for him to be where you are everywhere everywhere you are is a divine appointment by God it It don't feel like that I know it doesn't feel like that but that's part of seizing the promise I bet you the first time they saw a walled city when they stepped over into the promised land, I bet they thought, man, this don't feel like no promise to me. This feels like something completely different. The first time they saw a giant in the land, I bet they thought, oh my goodness, this don't feel like the promise. But that's exactly what it is. It's owning it. It's seasoning it. It's taking it. You salt your work. You salt your home. You salt the marketplace. You salt the community. And as you go throughout treading the ground, you are the delivery system for the presence and the power of God. Let me just step over just a little bit out of the message and talk to you about something else right now. We, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a soul winner. God didn't fill you with the Holy Spirit so you could speak in tongues. That's a part of it, but that's not the purpose. That's a part of it, I said, but that's not the purpose. God filled you and baptized you in the Holy Ghost. Why? So you could be a soul winner. That's why God baptized you in the Holy Spirit and fire. He didn't baptize you so you could have some gifts. He didn't baptize you so you could feel better about yourself. He didn't baptize you so you could fit into a service. He baptized you so you could be a soul winner and you could live above and beyond the current conditions of your life. Amen, that's good preaching. He empowered you by the Holy Spirit to be a soul winner, a life changer, an atmosphere shifter. Every step you take, every step you take is a step for your family, it's a step for your church, and it's a step for your city. Every step I take, When I get up and I go to to the marketplace, every step I take, I take with authority. Every step I take, I take on purpose. Every step I take, I'm taking with the understanding that God has anointed me. He has gifted me. He's empowered me. Darkness doesn't have a right to this place. This is my place that God has given me. This is the kingdom of God being established on this earth. Go in the power and the assignment of Jesus Christ wherever you go. You're going to go, so you might as well go in the power and the assignment of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go to Walmart. As bad as I hate to. So why not go in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ? I'm going to go eat somewhere. I'm going to do that. So why not go on the power and the authority of Jesus Christ? I'm going to go home, even though sometimes I don't want to go there either. So I'm going to go on the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, we go. And the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, it's really about a mindset. It's about a mindset change that has to take place. I'm not just doing this because it's something I do. I'm doing this as an advocate and as an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Amen. Verse 4 says, from the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, so the great, toward the great sea, toward the going down of the sun. Think about that for just a minute. Toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Here's the second point. What you see is not what he sees. What you see is not what he sees. Think about Joshua. Think about the children of Israel standing on the bank of the Jordan River, peering across that river into the promised land. They can see a long ways. There are places in Berbernet that if you get about five foot up in the air, you can see a long ways. But no matter how far I can see, God sees something more. God sees something bigger. And so these children of Israel and Joshua, they can see a long way. They can even picture in their mind what God wants to give them. But even with their biggest imagination possible, they can't even begin to conceive the breadth and the scope and the full measure of the land that they've been promised. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this way, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. What you see is not what he sees. So don't live with self-imposed boundaries. Don't stop short of all that God has for you because today you can't see it Here's here's what I want you to hear this morning. The limit of our access to his promise correlates to the self-imposed boundaries of our faith. I'll say it again. The limit of our access to his promise correlates to the self-imposed boundaries of our faith my faith will only take me as far as I will allow it to take me Uh, when I put boundaries on it and when I start to limit the possibilities of God that's as far as I can go we don't have more church this morning because we have settled for less let God define the boundaries because it's always more than what you see And here's the deal. The only way to see it is to walk in it. The only way to see it is to walk in it. Move in on it this morning. Move in on it this morning. Let God give you a bigger picture of where he's trying to take you in your vocation. Let God give you a bigger picture of where God's trying to take you in your family. Let God give you a bigger picture of where God's trying to take you in your church, All of these are part of the promise that God has given you and now seizing it and possessing it has to do a lot with the way I see it. Let my faith be expanded so that I can see the full measure of what God's trying to do. Verse 5 says, No one shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And here's the verse that we love to quote, I will not leave you nor forsake you. The third point this morning is that you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. You can't be beat this morning. You are a winner on every level. Three of you believe me this morning. I said, you're a. You're, I believe you. I believe you're a winner on every level today. God called you a conqueror this morning. He said, you're an overcomer. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You're stinking amazing in this place this morning. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you're stinking amazing today. You are stinking amazing. I can't believe my eyes. How awesome you are. How amazing you are. How unstoppable you are. Listen, next to unstoppable in the dictionary is a picture of you. Unstoppable, that's me. I am unstoppable. Amen. Amen. Can't be beat. Can't be defeated. If you don't understand the definition, you can also see this guy for more information. That's you. That's you this morning. And a lot of this has to do with what happens between our ears. It has to do with what I'm thinking about, what I feel, and what I believe. Listen, we got to change the way we think. If we're going to possess what God's promised us, it has to start right here between our ears. Just because the word says, now listen to me this morning, just because the word says no man will be able to stand against you doesn't mean they won't try. (laughs) Giants don't leave because you can quote the Bible. They don't. That doesn't impress them. Giants don't leave just because you can quote Scripture. Hearing a promise and holding a promise are two different things. Knowing the word of God and living the word of God are two different things. Things don't change just because you know the word of God. Implementation is required. Implementation is required. The promise must be put into practice. So just know and understand that you are unstoppable. Nothing will be able to stand against you, but you're going to have to go toe to toe with a giant from time to time. So pastor... If that's true, then what do I do? Here's what you do. You go toe-to-toe with a giant from time to time. That's what you do. You just have to know this, that God's backing me up, and even though I don't have the might or the power to defeat them, what I have backing me is far greater than what is in front of me trying to stop me. And I can stand there while Big Brother is standing behind me and saying, listen, you better listen to what he's saying. You ever had a mouthy little brother because he knew you'd take up for him? Yeah. You ever had a mouthy friend because he knew that you had his back? We get to be the mouthy ones. And God has our back. Except what we're mouthing is what God has already promised and what God has already established. The three keys, let me give you three keys right quick to beating giants. Confidence, courage, and a little crazy. Confidence, I got to check, check, and double check, right? Confidence, courage, and a little crazy. You, crazy, crazy, is a, but you understand the other two, confidence and courage. Crazy is about the art of intimidation. It's about never letting them see you sweat. Sometimes you just got to laugh in your enemy's face in the middle of a beatdown. You can cry when you're by yourself, but never let them see you sweat. We have a, I have a cousin, Blake has a cousin and uh, he's little, but he's a mess. He's a mouthy and uh, we had always beaten on him. That's just the way it was. And we'd hit him and this was his response every time. And I love it because it so correlates to what we're talking about. Every time we had punch him or, or beat on him, he'd go, Ooh, that feels good. You just, you just fall back and just waylay him, and he go, Mmm, that feels good. I like it. I like it. It feels good. So you just give up over time because you're like, Man, you can't get to this guy. Listen, when the devil punches you, you need to look at him. You need to grit your teeth. You need to hold back the tears, and you need to tell him, Mmm, that feels good. I know that the Lord of God is going to take me through this, and he's with me, and we're going to overcome this together. You may be big, but I'm bad. <laughs> and you don't want none of this, devil. What may seem improbable to you, you just have to say to it, it may be improbable, but I'm unstoppable. It may seem improbable, but I'm unstoppable. You're unstoppable this morning. God's got you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 says, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage, for to you, this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. You prosper wherever you go. Okay, there's a key. Number 4. Point number four, find your courage. Any Listen, anytime God repeats himself, you better listen. Amen. You better really hone in on what he's saying when he starts to repeat himself. God's not necessarily accustomed to repeating himself, but when he does repeat himself, you better listen. And Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 says, be strong and of good courage. And then verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. God says, look, be strong and courageous. Oh, oh, by the way, did I mention that I want, because I wanted to reiterate, I wanted to clearly communicate to you that you really need to be strong and you really need to be courageous. And oh, let me just say and mention that when I say courageous, I mean very courageous. Very courageous. So we got to find our courage. We got to muster our courage. If you're standing here today, it means you have it. I said, if you're standing here today, it means you have it. Everyone that couldn't handle it have already hit it. I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to the people in this room. You have the courage. You're still here. And that proves that you have it in you. I'm not preaching to those that have walked away from what God's trying to do. I'm preaching to finishers in the house this morning. And so though anybody that jumps ship on you, listen, they're not part of your promised land. They're not part of what God's trying to possess. You just tell them, bye, Felicia. We got to go. Cultivate the gift of goodbye in your life and, and know that you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. You have an assignment given to you by God himself, and I'm possessing the promise. I found my courage. Morgan, would you come? Let me just give you these few things right quick. Courage is displayed through obedience. Courage is always displayed through obedience. You've got to do what God tells you to do. Whether anybody agrees with it, whether anybody likes it, Where anybody thinks you're right, doesn't matter. What you got to do is you got to hear from God and you got to do what God tells you to do. Obedience in the face of opposition. It's obedience in the face of uncertainty. It's obedience in the face of overwhelming odds. It's obedience, period. Obedience. Courage is displayed through obedience. I'm doing what God has told me to do and I'm not going to change my mind about that no matter what. I'm going through. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do it, do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Do not turn. Focus helps with obedience. He says, look, if you want to be obedient, here's the secret to it. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Just stay focused on the promise. Keep moving forward. I talked about double-mindedness last week. Double-mindedness has to go. I can't be in one week, out the other week. I can't be wishy-washy. I can't be, well, I feel like this today, and then I feel like that tomorrow. Make a decision, commit to something, and go for it all the way. Get all in to what you believe God is saying to you. Focus, the Bible tells us here that focus also leads to prosperity, that you may prosper wherever you go if you don't turn to the right or to the left. Do not turn that you may prosper. Find your courage. Set your mind to finish. Let's do this. Let's do this this morning. Would you stand across this place? (laughs) Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon... I have given you. Seeing it is not enough. you got to seize it. And what you see today is not what he sees. It's bigger than that. You are unstoppable this morning, so find your courage and let's get after what God has called us to do. This is your year. This is your year. This is the day, this is the year I've been waiting on for my life. This is my moment. This is my time. We'd love for you to visit us at eleven ten South Crescent Street, Burleson, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore.